do, I begin to focus on Eric Miller. And then next thing you know, Titan Shipman comes up. And it was a divine connection from the Holy Ghost. The next thing you know, it was me and Eric and Titan. And then all these other people showed up around it. And God did it. Okay? I don't take credit for anything. God did everything. Matter of fact, I always say I'm going to write a book. It's going to say, it's going to be called God Did It. And I got a lot of things to say that God did that some people wouldn't believe. But tonight, I feel impressed to tell a couple of stories. Okay, before I get into some of the other things I'm going to talk about, which are very heavy, okay? But before I tell that story tonight, okay, now some of you have already heard this story or bits and pieces of it, and some of you have heard it in full detail, okay? Some of you haven't, okay? But I want to say this, is that when God has called you to something, you don't quit, you never quit, okay? Because let me tell you something. When God has put something on your life that's powerful, that's going to set people free, he's called you, he has anointed you to set the captives free, and you're carrying gifts of God. How many of you know we have many gifts from God? That's in the Bible. That's in the, that's in the New Testament. God is not dead. Anybody ever seen that movie? God's not dead. It's a cute movie. I like it. Good. But uh, God, God does miracles. The Miller family knows this. I encounter a lot of people on a daily basis that don't believe that, though, because they've never seen it with their eyes. They've never seen God actually do anything. Okay? But we don't roll like that in my family anyway. And I hope that you, when you grow up and you procreate and you find the love of your life and you have children, that you don't roll like that either. Because that's serving a God that doesn't do anything. That's a dead God. That's a religious God. The one that they say no longer heals. He no longer speaks to you in real time. He has no ability to deliver you from your situation. You get away from people like that. God doesn't want you tainted with their mess. That's faithlessness. But if you walk in faith, which is everything, Jesus preached about faith all the time. Matter of fact, one of the things he used to say was, let it be done according to their faith. Anybody remember him saying that, Aaron? Let it be done according to their faith. Faith is an energy that will cause God to move in your life. Okay? And when you've been called to something, some of you in here are going to be called out. I know a couple of you already. I don't know who else. Okay? Some of you in here are going to be called to some things. And when you're called to something, Satan is going to study you. That's right. He's going to study you to see what your weakness is. You didn't know that Satan does that? We, there's a real devil just like there's a real God. Some people are afraid of the devil. You know why they're still afraid of the devil? It's because they're not walking in the power of God. You're walking in this kind of power, you don't get scared. Ain't nothing going to scare you. Now, your flesh is going to get a little scared sometimes. <laughs> There's been some creepy things go on around my house and around my life, even ever, even ever since I was a little girl. You know? But God took those situations throughout my life and trained me up to be a warrior in God. And don't be afraid of the devil. Matter of fact, my son, I get a kick out of him because he... He's, I call him my demon slayer. There's several of them in here. 
that I call my demon slayers, but you know, you just tell the devil to leave. You see all these shows on TV, I don't know where I'm going here, but you know, you see these shows on TV about haunted houses, anybody ever watch that stuff? Like the paranormal stuff, you know, those are fun to watch, aren't they, they And, uh, I mean, they're interesting. I like to watch them once in a while, but I haven't seen one in quite a while. I actually don't like the feelings that I get when I watch those things. But uh, I had a young man that, you know, he doesn't come here, but he was uh, pretty good friends with Eric for a while. And I think the world of him, I wish he'd come out here. But he actually had some kind of thing going on in his house where it was pretty frightening. And, you know, I was just thinking about him because this is how the Holy Spirit works. He'll put somebody on your heart, and the next thing you know, that person will be walking through your door. That's right. And he come walking through my door, and I knew it was God. And he come in there, and, and you know, it was interesting because it's like everybody, they got, everybody just kind of went their own direction, and I find myself sitting on the couch with him talking in deep conversation with him about the Lord. And we began to talk about some things that were going on in his life in regards to that. And, you know, I told him about the power he carried in God and told him to go back to that house. And in the name of Jesus, next time that they go to mess with him, they say, get the hell out of my house in the name of Jesus. And, you know, he did that, and he said he never had another problem. And there were other kids that had, had witnessed what he had witnessed in his own house. So we carry power in God. This is not a hobby that I do on Saturday night. I wake up and I live, I breathe, and I abide in God. Can I get an amen? Amen. And that's what God is calling you to. If you've been called here to my ministry, that's what you've been called to. And I love each and every one of you. And you know something, I'll tell you something. I cut up a lot. I mess with y'all, play. We do all that. But I'll tell you something. Whenever I come to take this place right here, something comes over me. No matter how silly I am, something comes over me. Because God said he would, he would use me this way for years. Mm. And I love the younger generation. I love y'all because you've been untainted many times by religion. Okay? And that's what I'm called to also is to preach to a people who's not tainted and uh, uh, brainwashed, if you will, by religion. Okay? Some people think religion is the only way you're going to know God. I've heard that ignorance said before. Something's wrong with my music. I don't know what happened. I like my music when I'm preaching. But uh, Jesus didn't come to be a religion. We made a religion out of Jesus. He didn't come to be a religion. We are the one that took the idea of everything that took place on that cross, and we made all these rules. And I think it was maybe a couple Bible studies ago, Brooke, Precious, that you looked up how many denominations, and when there are over 3,000 in the Christian religion, right? 3,000 some odd denominations of our Christianity. But I want to tell you tonight, the only denomination there needs to be is a walk of the Spirit, where you're walking in your heart with God because you're a three-part temple. Every one of you is a church sitting in that chair. Okay? The Temple of Solomon, which I'm going to get into in a minute, back in the Old Testament, was so sacred. Oh, 
You're going to hear something tonight that's so interesting. I'm going to read it out of the book of Josephus, which is not in our Bible. He was a historian. And, oh, wow, the things that he had to say. I can't wait to get into that. But before I go there, I'm going to tell you a story of healing that took place right here in this very house. Because somebody here tonight needs to hear it. Now, if you've heard it before, maybe you need to hear it again. Okay? You need to get your faith up. Okay? Get out of your flesh. Start speaking words over yourself. Some of you in here who sit up under me regularly, you know how to talk. Don't talk negative over your life. Because God created the world by words. He spoke out of nothing, out of the void. He brought something. He's always calling forth new something, creating something new out of the void of nothing. I feel God. Always. Whew. So the word also says, know you not that you are little God. You came from your father. Should you be speaking death over your situation? This ain't ever going to work out. Nothing ever goes right for me. I ain't ever going to get healed. I don't know how I'm ever going to get any money in my life. Don't talk like that. You're going to curse your life. Don't talk it over anybody. Be careful what you say. There's an energy that comes forth from me. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can I get an amen? Anybody getting anything out of this tonight? Because I know I am. Anyway, I feel led to tell this story. My husband was healed supernaturally years ago. And he was blind. And this is one of my favorite stories of healing that I ever got to witness in my life. Because I got to see it with my eyes. It was beautiful. How many of you know what supernatural means? Okay. Does anybody not know what supernatural means? Don't be ashamed to raise your hand. Rosie. Okay. Supernatural. We have the natural. Okay. Which is this 3D that we're in. Right? The natural. I'm in a natural body. Okay. But the supernatural is where God, it comes with the spirit realm. But God puts the super on your natural, okay? Bring something about that is not naturally going to take place in this earth, okay? That's a miracle, okay? My husband got diagnosed back in 2003, October, with um, kidney failure, okay? Lost his kidney, and I had just quit my job a year prior to be a stay-at-home mom because God told me to. Now, back then, I didn't really know that God was talking to me. I was kind of spiritually dingy. I heard from God. I'm just messing. But some of you in here right now are at that stage where you're a little spiritually dingy. God is talking to you, but you haven't quite come into the consciousness of it yet. That's where I was. And um, I knew I just felt like I needed to quit my job. Well, here I am a year later. He gets diagnosed with kidney failure, and he goes blind. And I'm thinking, okay, I got these two little boys. He's our sole source of income. I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, you talking about somebody who was freaking out. I was really, really scared. Okay. And uh, anyways, for about three weeks, I always say six weeks. It was somewhere between three and six weeks. I don't know how long it was. It just felt like a long time. 
Um, he started, we started doing all the paperwork to draw disability and all these things, but it takes time for that stuff to come in and all this is going on and we're going back and forth to the doctors. It's just a scary time. And he's blind. He can't see. He can't see his hand in front of his face. And I'm thinking, okay, Lord God, what are you going to do? I don't know what to do. And so, uh, for about two, three weeks there, I was so depressed and so was he. He would sit in his recliner. And I would lay on the couch. I'd get up in the morning. I, I just went into a state of, of, of freak out. Depression. Okay? And usually I'm a fighter. You know the fight or flight syndrome, syndrome they teach you about? I'm usually a fighter. I mean, I get up and fight. But this thing was too big for me. And I just wanted to curl up in a ball and die. I really did. Okay? And that doesn't fix anything. <laughs> that ain't gonna work. Okay? So... Anyways, uh, I would just get take Eric and Jacob to school up here at Elementary North, and I'd come home, and I'd just kind of mope around, take care of Vernon, figure out. I mean, I was very depressed. And then one day, I got up, and I just had this little spring in my step. Something felt different, okay? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to get up. I'm going to clean the house today. So it was. It was real simple. It wasn't complicated. And I just started to move around. See, Satan wants to see sometime how long you're going to stay down. The longer you stay down, the longer he's going to keep you down, stepping on your neck. Okay? That's the way it works. Okay? But if you get up and start moving, he gets scared. That's what's happened recently in my life. I just had to get up and keep moving. There are some personal things that went on in my life recently. Some of you know what they were. Um, not going to go into those things. But I'll tell you one thing. I asked God, do you want me to quit doing this? And I didn't hear anything but keep going. Don't stop. What I've called you to is great. There's nothing that can stop. You. Except you. Just get up. So anyways, I got up that day and started cleaning the house. And the next thing you know, the Holy Spirit started to move on me. Again, I didn't really know it was the Holy Spirit because I didn't really understand, you know. And I said, Vernon, I looked at Vernon, I saw him laying there, and I said, you know what? Get up out of that chair. And we're going to go walk. And he said, I can't walk. I can't see. I said, I know you can't see. But we're going to go walk in anyway. Because if you're going to be blind, baby, you got to have to learn to be blind. Learn how to be good at being blind. You can't sit in that chair the rest of your life. you got to go. And so I got him up out of that chair, and we went walking down the road right there. And we went down to that uh, gate, about where the gate is, and we turned around. And it was an emotional moment. I helped him put his shoes on. I did everything, put my arm around his waist, and put his hand over my shoulder. We just walking down the road together. And come back, I put him in that chair, put him back in his chair, and I went back to my bedroom right there, and I started reading a book. I wasn't even reading the Bible. I was reading a book about miracles and people who had been healed by God. And the next thing I know, the Spirit of the Most High God, Shekinah Glory, Ruach Hakadesh is another one of those names for the Holy Spirit, came in and filled up that house. And you could cut it with a knife, make your hair stand on end. And the next thing I know, your daddy was yelling and screaming and jumping up and down in that living room right there saying, I'm healed. He said, I can see, I can see, I can see. Isn't that awesome? 
called a miracle. Okay? I got to see that. I will never forget that. And you know what? How many of you believe that God is able to do that? You may be, it's okay if you struggle. It's okay if you struggle. Your faith needs to grow. Because you've never seen it. I've never seen that at your age. Patient with God. You haven't seen anything like that in your life? Hang out for a while. I guarantee you he's going to show up. He's going to show up big. Matter of fact, some of you, God's already shown up for. I can see God moving in your life. God doesn't just want to heal you physically or heal your mind. You know, your brain can get broke up, messed up by medications and different things people put their kids on while they're younger. Bad stuff. But your spirit can get broken. God wants to heal your emotions from abandonment, from neglect. God can do that. Yes, he can do that. You know, God healed me when I was 13, um, supernaturally, emotionally, when my uncle, my brother died, your uncle Eric. He was my only brother, and he was my only sibling. And he was also eight years older than, than me, just like Ro Eric is eight years older than Rosie. And it hurt when I lost Eric. But you know, God just come up and just girded me up with my heart. And, you know, he just healed me. I, I, there's no way that I could have just been healed like that. God can do that. Whatever you're struggling with emotionally, God's going to do that for you. Just be patient. Believe in God. Matter of fact, he can do it tonight. By the time you leave here and drive off, you can be healed. How many of you know that? Get your faith built up. Matter of fact, I've seen God do some amazing things. Matter of fact, this last Bible study, God spoke powerfully. And I was so thankful. I got a random text from some person. I don't even know who this person is. And that person gave us a word from the Lord. It hit, hit home. And uh, my son got something out of it. Really good stuff. But um, anyway, anybody like that story? I want to read to you. Hold on. Hold on. I hate, the one thing I don't like about being outside is that I don't have very good lighting. So y'all just bear with me, okay? put on my heart and it's about not caring what other people think it's hard to do everybody's struggling for that I don't care how big and bad you think you are <laughs> everybody somebody worries everybody worries about what others are thinking okay but there's power that's going to come over you as a leader when you really get past most of that I don't think you ever really get past all of that you should care about your reputation and your image to an extent okay 
But don't don't be afraid to step out and be what God has made you to be. And don't ever be afraid to let the Holy Spirit use you. Because when it all burns down to nothing in the end, it's only going to be you and God standing there. There's not going to be all your friends. Can I get an amen? Okay. David was like that. I love King David. I'm getting smoked. Ugh. I love King David because he was like that. He just didn't give two rips what people thought. That's what made him a great leader. And um, anyway, the Ark of the Covenant. Has anybody seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? Raiders of the Lost Ark with Indiana Jones? Nobody's seen it. No? Okay. Well, Israel had something very sacred. It was a sacred relic called the Ark of the Covenant. And basically what it was was a box. And in that box, there were certain things that were kept in there. There was some manna from the wilderness. If you know anything about the Bible, manna is what fell down from the sky. And um, that's what they ate when they were in the wilderness. That's what God fed them daily. So they had some manna. They had, I don't remember what else. And they had the, the Ten Commandments were in there, the tablets. It was very sacred to them. It was gold and it was ornate. It was just a beautiful thing. And um, anyway, so... Um, it was actually set in the temple of Solomon after the reign of King David. King David did not build the temple of Solomon. Solomon built the temple of Solomon, okay, which represented us later after Jesus died. But that's another study for another night, okay. But the Ark of the Covenant really, in my personal opinion, um, the Holy Spirit was heavily tied to the Ark of the Covenant, and I think you'll be able to see that after I read a few things here. Very, very powerful. You know, I know that God is going to show up in this ministry in a big way here real soon, and I don't know what all God's got planned for it. But, you know, I had my daughter tell me three weeks ago, randomly, and she said a lot of things that there's no way she should have known at her age. And... Uh, she told me God was about to bless my ministry. Just out of the cleverness. She's eight years old. And you know what I want more than anything? I don't want it. More than I want that barn all decked out. More than I want things. I don't. It's not even the things. Because this right here works for me. I don't know about y'all. I could do this. I don't care. I don't need all kinds of fancy stuff to preach. But you know what I want more than anything? Is I want God to send His Holy Spirit to descend on us that you would feel the presence of God in such a powerful way that it would permeate your life. But you would never forget that. How many of you would like that in your life? Isn't that why you come here? Because if you came here to get, uh, <laughs> if you came here to see some perfect flesh, you came to the wrong dirt road, okay? Anyways, David, they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant in, into the city. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, which was David's wife, looked through a window and saw David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. Why would she do that? And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle. And David had pitched, that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And as soon as David had made an end of the offering, burnt offerings and so forth, he blessed the people. Hold on. Then David returned to his household and Michal, now this is his wife, 
okay? This is for your future. You better listen, okay? There's some people going to be close to you. Some, some of you in here may have some people close to you in your life that's not going to like the Holy Ghost that's in you. Mm. It happens. Then David returned to his household, and Michal, his wife, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, and she was being smart with it, and she said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. I didn't read that part. The part says that, that I missed here, I think it's a little bit for that was when David, when the ark was brought into the city, David started to dance, okay? And it wasn't some kind of corny, goofy dance like you're going to see reenacted on some movie. I get so sick of Christian movies, to be honest with you, because some of them are so corny. I'm sorry. Maybe that I shouldn't say that. I can say that because it's my own house. But am I the only one? I'd really like to see something a little more gritty. Because when David came out dancing, he was set on fire. He looked like a rock star. He couldn't control himself. And the word says that he danced out of his robe. Now, some people think that, you know, he danced out of his robe, meaning he comes down to his underwear or something. But I don't believe that. They wore undergarments and stuff. But his robe fell off. So he must have been really dancing. And he was just so full of, of this supernatural excitement. And so that's why Mikhail said what she said. She said, you know, you just made a fool of us because she didn't really care about God. All she cared about was appearances, okay? She didn't understand, in other words, what he was carrying in him that made him out, come out into that uh, burst of excitement the way he did. She wasn't nearly as excited about it as he was. And David said to Michal, it was before the Lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before thee. He said, therefore will I play before the Lord. And I will yet be more vile than thus. He, he's getting what y'all call salty <laughs> with her. <laughs> and I will yet be more father than thus, and will be based in mine own sight. And of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. And then he walked off. Therefore, Mekhem, the daughter of Saul, this is just a fact, not saying what he did was right, had no child unto the day of her death. In other words, he didn't go in unto her anymore. Okay? So David, he didn't really care what people thought. If you're going to serve God in power, you're going to have to get to that place where you don't really care what people think. Because I don't anymore. I used to. to be so worried about what people thought of me. But God has a way of stripping that out of your life. If you have all that where you're depending upon your image in order to do whatever he called you to do. Well, you know, my only image is God. He's the only thing I've got to depend on. And from that, he's going to do something great. Amen. And it starts here in my backyard and in my home. Okay? 
that this isn't the end of it. I know where I'm going one day. Look at Samuel. And then I wanted to share with you something. Second Chronicles. And then I'm going to shorten this thing up and I'm going to call y'all up to pray and we're going to do whatever we need to do. Is anybody getting anything out of this tonight? Okay. I know I come out of the gate a little strong tonight. Now, once the Temple of Solomon got built, that's when they took the ark and they put it in its permanent place. He prided that it was in tabernacles. A tabernacle was a big tent, okay? But then David wanted to build that temple, but God said, no, I don't want you to build my temple because you killed too many men. You have blood on your hands. He wanted that temple built with love. And Solomon, his son, which was the, the who's been listening? Solomon was the child of David and who? Do you remember? Do you remember David and Bathsheba? Remember that story where they committed adultery? Do you remember this story? Yes, say yes if you remember it. Okay. And from that union, oh, people are going to light me out in religion. Okay. See, the first child they had, God took that child. That child was conceived in sin. It was a symbol. No, that doesn't mean you go out and you get pregnant out of wedlock. God's going to take your child. Okay? It was an allegory for us to look at it. Okay? But then he went in to comfort his wife, and they conceived Solomon. And Solomon built the temple, and he was the greatest king Israel had ever seen. His, his, his kingdom was peaceful, prosperous. He was the richest king that was in that in that day and age so rich wealthy and wise he was known to be the wisest man is that true emily yes the wisdom of solomon sorry okay now they brought they built the temple now now they're going to bring the ark of the covenant in it came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard of praising and thank, thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. Are you hearing that? Make note of that word. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Some people call that the Shekinah glory. That's very powerful. Brooke, would you open that book up to where I have it marked? Did I give it to you? Because you know what? When the people were in the wilderness, when the people were in the wilderness, there was a pillar of fire by night, and then they followed the cloud by day. But wherever the cloud went, they had to pack up camp and go. There's an allegory. If you don't understand the word allegory, you're not going to get much out of my preaching. Allegory means like unto. Okay? 
they followed the cloud, the, the fire, the pillar of fire represented the Father, some would argue with me, and the cloud represented the Holy Spirit. And so when they put that Ark of the Covenant in its permanent place, that cloud filled up the temple to such an extent that people couldn't even stand up. The priests couldn't even stand up to do their job. That's how powerful it was. Has anybody ever heard of anybody that's fallen out in the Holy Spirit? Anybody ever heard of that? Raise your hand, please, if you've heard of that before or seen it. Raise them up high so I can see it. Okay. Okay. That happens sometimes. Sometimes God gets so hard on you that you just fall over. I've had the presence of the Lord get on me like that, but I've never been knocked out. Doesn't make me any less spiritual, though, but I've been knocked on my behind before. That was fun. I wanted to read this as a historian, Josephus. Now, as soon as the priests had put all things in order about the ark and were gone out, there came a thick cloud and stood there and spread itself after a gentle manner into the temple. Gentle. And let me tell you what he also said I thought was interesting. Such a cloud it was as was diffused and temperate, not such a rough one as we see full of rain in the winter season. This cloud, are y'all listening? You listening out there? Because this stuff is good. You're going to miss out, Angel. Can we come over there and hit you with that stick you got? Okay. The cloud was so darkened. Okay, the cloud, this cloud so darkened the place that one priest could not discern another, but it afforded to the minds of all a visible image and glorious appearance of God having descended into the temple. Isn't that fascinating? Does anybody else find that? I, I think it's very fascinating because I like to read and study things. It's good to... Don't ever be afraid of information. Information will set you free. The word says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. Get away from that fire. For lack of knowledge, which also is information, my people perish. You will see that happening over and over in people's lives. You should never be afraid of knowledge. Don't be afraid to read other texts. I'm not a Bible worshiper. That's one thing that's very controversial with me. I do not teach people to worship the book. I teach you to worship the God that's in the book. Okay? Don't be afraid to read some other texts, his, history, and different, oh, they call them pseudographical texts. God will help you sort through all that. If there's something in there you don't agree with, well, then, you know, just take it with a grain of salt. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Okay, but um, anyway, you're the temple of the Lord. You're a three-part temple, body, mind, the soulish ways of a man, and then the spirit. Okay, God lives in us now. When we went in and out of the temple, we offered sacrifice. It was only good for one year. Israel represents all God's people. Okay, when Jesus died... And that veil was torn. It was four inches thick. There was a veil that covered the Holy of Holies that only the priest could go into that place. The Holy of Holies, the veil was, that curtain was four inches thick. I didn't know how you make a curtain four inches thick myself. And um, 
anyway, the word says that when Jesus gave up the ghost, which means his spirit came out, that veil was 60 foot tall and it ripped from top to bottom. It was a release. Do you understand? Do you see what they moved into that temple? They put that ark in that temple. Something got released and let loose so that it could abide in you. That's deep stuff. I wish somebody would preach to me like this. I'll be sitting there listening to this. I love it. Matter of fact, I'm going to go listen to myself afterwards. Yes. <laughs> Anybody get anything out of this tonight? I came out of the gate like a racehorse tonight. I think I'm excited to be outside again. Amen. I would like to pray for y'all like I always do. And I left my anointing oil in the house. Colton, would you run in there and get my anointing oil in that little... Well, you got a puppy? Okay. Um, Aaron, could you go in the house in the white room and get my blue anointing oil out of the front room, if you don't mind? Okay. Amen. Okay. I'm going to put some other music. I'm going to put... Um, Oh, gracious. Hey, and grab my phone, if you don't mind. I think it's in the bedroom or maybe on that thing in the living room. teenagers and just people in general and people get so shy about coming up for prayer. If you want me to pray for you tonight, I want you to come up here and let me pray for you. I guarantee you God's going to move. Don't be afraid. Okay? Will your spirit let me pray for you. Say yes. Yes. If I told you what I really mean, would your heart and soul? Lord God, I thank you for this young woman of God. Lord, I ask, I ask that you would keep her. Lord God, I ask that you would guide her. Lord God, I thank you. I just want to say this. I thank you that you are led by the Holy Spirit. You have always I've seen that from the very beginning of my relationship with you. God brought you to me as a special gift and a special friend, and I value it like you don't even understand. I see so much in you. You know, sometimes I just tell people what God shows me, and then this is the truth, is that... Um, he truly sent me a gift to you because you're a true friend. You don't leave when the going gets tough. And you know what? I'll tell you something. Forgiveness, mercy, love, all those fruits of the Spirit, I see them in you. When most people would have turned tailed and run, 
you stuck by me, and I'll never forget that. I'll be with you all your life. I love you, girl, and I thank God for you. In Jesus' name, Lord God, bless her. Lord, guide her. Prosper her this year beyond anything she could have ever imagined, Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray. If I told you, I really yeah, she took care of her when she was throwing up. And Emily's a nurse. She helps people. She said it's in, it. it's in her to do that. Hold on, y'all. I put my music on that I love. Sorry, it's a little choppy out here now. I don't have very much light. Oh, man. Hey, Aaron, go back on that. Go in there on the living room on top of the stereo. There's this little white adapter cord. It's little. It's about three inches long. Could you bring it to me? Thank you. Just disruption. I'm trying to uh, pull on God right now, and I need y'all to help me. I can't give you anything unless you get quiet and still and start pulling on God, okay? I say this sometimes, is that if you come out here, I know I, I know I have words for people. But if you don't come out here with the right spirit, the right attitude, wanting what I got, God's not going to give it to you. But there's been times where, where different ones of my kids that come see me regularly, they got something from God. Jack Coleman got something from God last week. Matter of fact, I love him, and I want to tell his testimony real quick. You know, he was uh, injured in his back in football and in a car accident, which I witnessed both of those accidents. For three years, his back ached. Does anybody know this to be a fact? Raise your hand if you knew that was a fact about Jack Coleman, that he always said his back hurt and he said we just kept praying we kept praying and you know he didn't get healed the first time you don't always get what get it the first time but he was so doggedly persistent he would just come up here and say i want you to pray for my back he done prayed for it three or four times people were starting to lose faith i could feel it god ain't gonna heal his back this is a bunch of you know dog and pony show out here no god showed up for him and he does not have a backache anymore can I get an amen? That's called a miracle. Okay? Find me someplace out here. If, if you would please, if something like this is going on in our town somewhere else, I want to go. Okay? Don't deprive me. I'm going to go. I'm not joking. I'm going to go sit there because I need that too. I want to sit up under that kind of anointing. I want somebody to minister to me. Let me put my music on. Hold on just a second. Y'all bear with me for just a minute.
on because I got one of the greatest revelations God ever gave me in my life listening to this song. I love this song. It's, I feel God, I feel the Holy Spirit all over this song. Can we just sit here and listen to this song for a couple of minutes and just be quiet. Get way deep down in your spirit. Close your eyes. Look at the fire. Do whatever it is you want to do. You can get up, walk around in the yard, look at the stars. I don't care. Just get in a place with God. Get in a place of worship with God. Think about how infinite your God is. He is able to do anything. There is nothing He can't do.
heal you deep down within your spirit emotionally from some of the things that have happened in your life so that he can balance out the male-female uh, balance in your life so you can be told God's calling you to be a man of God and when you are a grown man that he's going to bring you a beautiful godly wife and you're going to know how to treat her uh, you're going to know how to walk with her like Jesus walks with his bride you're going to treat her like Christ treats the church and God wants to heal you deep down from some things that have taken place in your life so that can be whole in your life do you understand what I'm talking to you about? Okay, and that's what he brought you here for. Now I hope that you come back, but if this is the only time I see you, you got something from God tonight. Okay, and he's calling you to, to he wants to shape you. Sometimes we get warped and out of place because trauma takes place. Emotional trauma takes place in our lives. And it, the soulish way, the mind and the emotions, in our thinking and it's like a blockage that takes place that won't let you go further and God wants to take that blockage away God sent something to my son through me last week and I'm going to say it to you again tonight because it's for you too the Lord put it on my heart it's for him too is that if you'll give it to me I'll take it so all that you're holding on to the bitterness the anger the frustration okay he wants to replace your heart. There's a heart of stone. That's what the word says. The heart, he wants to give you a heart of flesh with a heart of stone. That heart of flesh can feel it again. Because you were so crushed and hurt. There's times you can't even feel. Am I telling the truth? In some ways, in some ways, someone, there's some things that happen. God tonight. One day I'm going to have a sound person. Who else needs prayer? Satan, you want to come up here?
that you would show him your plan for him, that you would begin to speak to him, Lord God, that you would speak to him clearly, Lord God, that you would confirm it to him, that even some of the things that I said tonight, that you would confirm them to him, and Lord, that you would really begin to show yourself in his life in a real way where he actually knows that
okay? When it comes to those things. You can't eat like hell and expect to have your body healthy. Are you hearing me? You have to, to do some natural things. You've got to get off of all these bad foods, okay? But the main That's just what I'm going to say. We talked about this before. You need to speak life over yourself. I'm not worried about that rash. I'm not even going to pray for that rash. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put some tea tree oil on it tonight, and it's going to be fine. That hand, the doctor's going to put a whatever he's going to do to it, okay, next week, we're going to be fine. You're going to be a fireman. You're going to go forth. You're going to be healthy. Stop drinking all those Dr. Peppers. You don't walk in the power of God, but you have to be willing to be healthy and do some of the things that are natural in the earth that God has given us to be healthy in Jesus' name. He gave us those things, okay? One day you're going to listen to your mama, okay, when it comes to those things. You can't eat like hell and expect to have your body healthy. Are you hearing me? You have to, to do some natural things. You've got to get off of all these bad foods. Okay, but the main thing I have to say to you, my son, is speak life over yourself and over you, my grandchildren that's coming forth and over whoever you end up with. Okay, Jesus, give me some of that oil. Jesus' name, Lord God, bless his mind, Lord God, heal him from all of these tormenting spirits. I command tormenting spirits, they want to torment him in Jesus' name to leave his mind and his thinking. Fear, go in Jesus' name. Be of strong, be of a, be of a good courage. Be of a good courage. Don't be afraid. You have no reason to fear. You fear things that aren't even there. Okay? Hey, I've done it too. You don't even know. We can talk all night about it later in your dirty bedroom. About all the things that I was so worried about, Shockley, that never happened. Okay? You feel better? God's got you. And He's moving in your life. If He has the ability to cause you to rise up and do what you did last weekend, I'm telling you, God's going to honor that. I'm telling you, when you're obedient to God and you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, God gets all over that with his blessings. You watch. I told him a few months ago, Eric has gone without a car most all this year, right? We were so proud of that car, and it broke down. And you know what? Eric didn't complain about it. He never complained. I mean, once what he meant, man, I missed my car. But you know... He was just such a good sport about it. And the Lord put on my heart to pray over him. Remember one night in the Bible study I did, I prayed over you. You remember this? That I said, Lord, bless him with something that's beyond his imagination. He never would have even thought he could ever have because he'd been so, such a sport about that car. Right? Because we didn't have the money. Our finances were being attacked. The reason why our finances were being attacked is because I stepped out and I did what God told me to do. Okay? And look. If this young man, he's going to end up, watch this, in just a few months, he's going probably pretty soon, maybe sooner than that, with a 2017 Camaro. Amen. Can I get an amen? Which I'm going to be jealous, right? I got 2011. 
that's that's amazing. That's a blessing. You are blessed. You get up every day and you say, I am blessed. I am powerful in God. I carry the word and the light in me over all my situations. You lay down in bed after I put that tea tree oil on you and you say, this rash can go back to hell where it came from. This hand, I can wake up and this hand be healed. Yes, I was on fire tonight. And this little girl, Lord God, I ask that you would bless this precious jewel right here that you have brought into our lives. Lord, I ask that you would continue to pour into her the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Lord God, I thank you for her. In Jesus' name, amen. Anybody need prayer? If you, okay, what you need? I'm going to pray for Daddy. Put your hands up. Lord God, I ask that you would touch Daddy according to your will for his situation. Lord, we've seen you heal him many times, Lord God. I ask that you would touch him according to your will for his situation in Jesus' name. Lord God, give him strength daily as he goes and makes a living for this family, Lord God. And Lord God, above all, touch him emotionally and deep down in his heart spiritually, Lord God, you cause of space to rise up and be mighty in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for my husband. Thank you for my daughter, Lord. I ask that, Lord God, you would begin to use her in an even greater way, Lord God, even this year. Lord God, that you would open up the mouth of this little prophetess to prophesy and to give words by the Holy Spirit and that people would receive them, Lord, that they would know God was talking to them through the mouth of this child according to what you promised. In Jesus' name, amen. That's right. I had a lady tell me about Rosie that she would prophesy before she was four years old and she did that. Rosie come up and say some stuff. When Rosie starts talking, you better start listening. She'll just pop up out of nowhere and say stuff that she shouldn't even know. And every one of you in here have the ability to do that. See that? It's not just coming from the preacher, wherever you're sitting. It's coming from each of you. Back and forth. And to me. Emily. Aaron, my son, looking for someone else, Titan, every one of those people have given me words from God. Rosie, all you got to do is open your mouth, and all you got to do is be willing. Who else needs prayer tonight? Don't be shy. Okay. I'm going to call a couple of you up here. Um to uh, tell me what you got, uh, tell us all what you got out of it tonight, okay? Uh, this is something I do sometimes, not all the time, but um, if you would do that for me. Titan, get up here and tell us what you got out of it tonight. Thank you. 
main thing you heard me say that you remember the most tonight? Not to care what people think. And what story best illustrates that? Story that I read that best illustrates that? Are you nervous? You get nervous when you get up front of people. I wish you wouldn't. You know why? Because Titan, he has so many things to say until you get him up like this and then he just clams up. That's okay. That's okay. I love you. Go sit out. Who wants to get up for me? Can I pick on somebody? Emily, come here. I can always count on Emily. Emily, get up top. Come on. She's not shy. tonight were you even listening were you sleeping over there a little bit <laughs> at least he's honest okay Eric come up here and pray and close this thing down for me Yeah. 